the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We move into a Tuesday, and I want you to remember the rest of the week is going to be different. Uh, I will not be here. I've got a uh, some personal health issues i got to take care of, so I'll be gone Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But Robert Steinbach will be in Wednesday, Wednesday and Friday, and J.R. Davis will be in on Thursday. And they're, they're going to be behind the wheel of the ship and uh, taking you down the the sound and whatever. I mean, bottom line, both of these guys are are very much like me, and so what you will hear is the Dave Ellswick show just coming from a different person. So I'm not worried about it at all. Don't uh, I don't want people to worry about me. I don't have cancer or anything like that. I want to let you know that I am a type two diabetic, and it is screwing with my system. And uh, I'm going to have uh, an amputation uh, tomorrow. It's not a big amputation, but uh, it's an, ampu- an amputation nonetheless. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not overly concerned about it. Uh, I just want to get it out there so that everybody knows, so that the rumor mill doesn't start grinding away the way it typically does. And they're saying, you know, Ellswick's sick. You know, I'm not really sick I, i'm sick but not real sick okay and how, is that the best way to put it elizabeth i mean it's not, i don't have a terminal disease i want everybody to absolutely not absolutely not a fixable situation yeah and that's going to be fixed situation. tomorrow and so out of uh, respect for my body i'm going to give it a couple of days to get back on on track again and then give it a, the weekend and then i'll be back <clears throat> on Monday, I'm already being attacked by my my uh, allergies constantly. So uh, just put up with me as I'm talking. If my voice seems to fade and you hear me, you know, get quiet for a moment, I'm clearing my voice and coming back to talk to you. A very, very, very concerning story to me uh, today on Fox News. This was really I read this and I kept wondering when somebody on the left uh, was going to screw up and let the cat out of the bag. And uh, there's going to be people who say, Dave, it's only one guy. It's only one story. It's only one Facebook page. I'm just telling you, when the warning clacks and uh, sounds, 
and I use claxing because I was on a, I was on sack bases all the time that I was in the Air Force, and whether you were in the movie theater over at the uh, the, the PX or wherever, they had these claxing, these loud, loud horns that would go off, uh, and you didn't know if they were real or if they were, a, you know, a, a test. And the uh, crews that were on uh, watch, that were uh, out there and were expected to fly the B-52s if the balloon went up, would at that moment they always had their own Jeeps and stuff, and they literally drove like a bat out of hell to the flight line and got in their planes, fired up their engines, got out on the airstrip, had their engines fully engaged, had their their feet on the brakes holding their planes back, waiting for the, the word of whether they were to stay or to go. Now, if they were given the word to go, they were going to drop tonnage on other, on other uh, countries of atomic weapons. Uh, that's exactly for hydrogen weapons or whatever you want to talk about. They were loaded. Those planes were loaded. I used to watch... Uh, uh, the planes take off from Guam, the B-52s, and they take off on the end of the runway. And the end of the runway ended at the end of the island. And those planes would just drop out of sight. They just take off take off, off the, the runway, and then they drop out of sight. And then you would hold your breath, and then slowly but surely there, that plane would come up up and, and on its, its flight. And those are the ones that weren't even loaded i'm just saying it was it was unbelievable watching but you get a warning bell all right that's what i'm trying to say here you get a warning bell and you're as parents right now if you're a parent you're listening to this show this story is a warning bell to you it is what's going on it may not be happening in every classroom but i i i damn completely can uh, think you should be concerned that it's going on in way too many classrooms let me just if you read don't know songs. what's going on in your children's classrooms you need to know you need to look i mean maybe well, you there's don't a know. reason maybe why. you're not aware you need to check do you find it hard to go to your your child's classroom i i talk to parents now used to be if you want to stop in and watch a lesson plan being taught or whatever uh, at a school system, you could call the teacher and say, hey, I'd like to drop in tomorrow. And they say, sure, come on. You, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you one of those miniature chairs in the back so when you sit down, your <laughs> knees are up by your ears, you know. And you can sit and you can watch, uh, you know, Johnny or Johnette, you know, look at the, the, the plans that they're being taught. You know, they used to come home with, with books a lot of times. Now they don't even come home with books. Uh, everything is done on, on, uh, on, on the computer. So l- let's just go through this story real quickly. A Philadelphia public school teacher is curious about how educators are going to cope with conservative parents. Put air quotes around conservative parents. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Like there's yeah, something wrong with that, by the way. That's right. <laughs> Listening in on their virtual classes according to a thread that was captured on Twitter. According to a report by the Daily Wire's Matthew Kay, who teaches English at the Science English Academy, 
said on the social media platform that he is concerned about the damage that helicopter parents, and you may not be a helicopter parent. Look, I, I look at helicopter parents as the parents that won't even let their kids go to the city park to play with their other friends. They've got to be there. They must be present over everything. And maybe that's, maybe it's, that's a better thing than, than I give it credence to. Uh, maybe well, we've to the got left, to... a, helico- Go a helicopter parent to the left is a parent that's going to be overly involved in that child's life. To the left, you know, children belong to the community. So if you're a parent that really wants to, you know, protect your child from all these influences in the world, you're a helicopter parent because you're getting in their way. And that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, and, and by the way, influences of the world are parents, okay? It's you. Exactly. What kind of effect are you having on your child at your home and in his schoolwork if you're listening to what's being taught? If you're monitoring what's going on with your child, yes. Yeah. So the he- they're, the helicopter- they're concerned about the damage our helicopter parents might cause. Yeah, they might cause, if they overhear lessons on topics such as gender and sexuality. Quote, this is off of this uh, tweet. This is on Twitter. It was out there, yeah. So this fall, virtual class discussion will have many potential spectators, parents, siblings, etc., in the same room. We'll never be quite sure who is overhearing the discourse. What does this do for our equity slash inclusion work? Question mark. Do you hear the alarm bells? (laughs) Yeah. How much have students depended on the somewhat secure barriers of our physical classrooms to encourage vulnerability? Encourage vulnerability in the classroom. That means they're stripping your child of what you have taught them to make them vulnerable to what they're going to teach them. Mm-hmm. How many of us have installed some version of, and in, uh, in quotes, what happens here stays here, kind of like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, what happens in the classroom stays in the classroom to help this. While Kay acknowledged that damage can come from the left too, he noted that conservative parents are his chief concern when teachers are engaging, quote, and I'm quoting this. I'm not making this up. This is very, to me, this is hugely concerning. Uh, When uh, teachers are engaging, quote, in the messy work of destabilizing a kid's racism, homophobia, or transphobia. While conversations about race are in my wheelhouse and remain a concern in this no-walls environment, I am most intrigued by the damage that helicopter-slash-snowplow parents can do in the host uh, conversations about gender, gender sexuality. And while conservative parents are my chief concern, I know that the damage can come from the left, too. If we are engaged in the messy work of destabilizing a kid's racism, homophobia, or transphobia, how much do we want their classmates, parents piling on? 
question mark. Close quote. If that doesn't concern you, go back to bed and, and wake up when your mind is clear. I'm just telling you, that is nothing more than the state brainwashing your children. That is what that says. We're brainwashing here, and we don't want the parents to know about it. That is very, very concerning. Yeah. You know, we don't want any, we don't want them getting engaged in this messy work of destabilizing. Destabilizing our children. Yeah. I mean, really? This is a teacher. This is a teacher. Yeah. Obviously. Now, he didn't know. Not really proud of what people knew about it. Yeah, see, they're not really proud of what this fella said because now he's taken all this private on Twitter. But, of course, as always, people have screen printed. We know what the man said. His name is Matthew Kay, K-A-Y. Yep. And uh, I don't know. It doesn't say where he teaches. But, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it, he, he, he teaches in Philadelphia. Oh, it did say where he teaches. That's right. He's in Philadelphia. Well, he's in, he's in, one, of, he's in one of their, quote, magnet schools. The more yeah, enlightened to be the schools. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. just telling you, be aware. And uh, oh. be aware you want to be able to tune in to what your, your kids are being taught. You need to know. If you don't need to know, you're just allowing somebody else to fill their minds with the way they think that the world should be. And probably it is miles away from the world you think should be there. You know, again, things are so different. Not only are the teachers teaching the way they are. When we were in school, our families and our communities knew our teachers. Um, You know, they, they were part of the community. You saw them outside of school. It wasn't only when you were in school. Your family, your mother knew your teacher, you know, whatever. Um, Nowadays, I'm not sure how many parents, and I have no children, so I don't have firsthand experience here. I wonder how many parents actually physically and, and, you know, one-on-one know who who the teachers are that are teaching their children or have even bothered to go meet them. Do they know what's going on in these classrooms? Yeah, that's my concern here. Elizabeth, is that they don't know and that if it's like what this school is like and what this teacher is feeling, they don't want you there. They, You're not welcome there unless That's you agree correct. with everything that they're teaching. Well, and this fellow teaches, I see this now, teaches English at the Science Leadership Academy. All right. Okay, now let me, so let he, me just say, listen closely. He didn't ma- he didn't mention English once in uh, what he was talking about. I was about. just going to say, I was just gonna, you and I, he, we saw an article, I don't know that this is accurate, but we saw an article recently also about how they want to change English to be more yes. inclusive. Yes. This would be one of your teachers that's promoting that, okay? What do, what do uh, they call that, world teaching or something like that? Whole world Lord, teaching? Lord, I don't need- I don't even remember inclusive. You know, we've got to be inclusive, and we've got to use language that. And you and people are listening and say, "Well, how do they do that math class? They do it like in your written problems." If Johnny's (laughs) let me let me just say it here. Here's what I I saw this one time. 
and brought it up on my show, and it caused a firestorm in the school district that I, I was uh, broadcasting around. And it was uh, Johnny's uh, daddy's had three cars. That's the way it started. It was a math, a read math. Yep. Johnny's yep. daddy's. All right, plural. Mommy's wasn't mentioned in the question. Now, I'm not saying that that there's not same-sex marriage or whatever. I'm saying you got to be very, you better be very careful what's being taught to your kids. That's all I'm saying. They're saying that that's normal. Just like when you watch television now, I don't have to uh-huh. tell you what they present as being just in normal uh, culture, which isn't normal culture it's less than five percent uh per se and they want it to be thought of as being normal i mean you're seeing more same-sex parents in commercials and that's the way they work this that's the way it's it's done now i gotta get a break in i'm, I'm already wound up about other things that i was faced with today this story really has me wound up because what really should concern you is that the teacher doesn't want you to know that it's happening. That tells you that they know the culture doesn't want this to be done, but they've got to be they've got to do it behind the scenes to be able to change the culture. There's there's yeah. a part that you need to grasp hold of. Your children are being you know, propagandized. It's what's happening. And we've got to stop this. It is not up to public schools to teach our children uh, that, what our, and our, yes, that what our values and, and whatever are being taught at home are wrong. That's hey, Dave, got we need to, to take a stop. Break. All right. So it's 623. We're going to come back, continue our conversation. Elizabeth is here. Bible guys will be up. Uh, in the next hour, and I'll talk to them about that, uh, about this uh, story as well, here on the Dave Ellswick Stool. All right, four minutes till we get to the news. Uh, it's 27 minutes, well, three minutes. It's uh, 27 minutes after six here on a Tuesday. Uh, since this thread was uncovered and has been uh, made public, uh, Kay, the gentleman, the teacher who's been posting it, has switched his account to private and he would not immediately return uh, Fox News's request <laughs> for comment on it. That yeah, tells he, you everything you need to know, doesn't well, it? <laughs> he, let it he, let, he let it out of the bag. And that of happens, he did. That happens ever so often. I mean, I've seen it. It's happened here in uh, in Arkansas, there's stories that's come out in Arkansas. I I talk about them. We get them out there into the public, and then when the the uh, the parents get to the superintendent and ask what the hell's going on, the the superintendent says it's already been taken care of. That teacher no longer works here. Yada yada yada, and they move on. Doesn't mean that they have changed what they're doing. It just means that they have done something that they believe will appease uh, the the parents for a very small uh, ratchet of time. And I'm sure uh, off the record, 
Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's not memos flying around on computers that there's oh you know it me, that there's meetings face to face meetings uh, in classrooms where the teachers come together and before and the doors are closed and before they start talking they say all the material we're going to talk about here is for here and here alone. Now, I know well, you don't, parents don't like to hear that, Elizabeth. I don't like to say it, but I'm telling like you, it's, it. hap- it's happening. They shouldn't be want- liking to hear it. I tell you what, it puts a whole other spin on the fact that these teachers have been so adamant about not going back to the classroom, right? It puts a whole big spin on that other than a health reason, which they have not obviously uh, paid attention to the scientific reports on that sort of thing. It seemed way out of line all this vehement opposition to going back to the classroom. Well, now we know what it's probably really all about. It's probably really all about that, golly, parents may find out what we're really doing if we have to keep teaching online. And before I get... That's stunning. That is stunning. Before I get my first email, and by the way, my emails aren't working, so you'd be wasting (laughs) your time. But before I get the first email saying, you're making me into an enemy of my parents... If you're not doing this, you're not the enemy. But I am and get out there parents, and be clear I'm about telling, what you're teaching yes, and open right. your classroom and All make right, sure that people understand and fight this from the inside. Yes. Got to go to the news. Got to go to the news. We'll be back. All right. We continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show for a Tuesday. Elizabeth with me for another half hour. Then uh, she'll go, you know, cross her legs and have an extra cup of coffee at her, her dining room table like I would do and and look and see what is new happening out on the news wires if there's something breaking that we don't know about and make sure that we're ready to talk about it when I come back at 8 o'clock with her which you'll hear at 6 o'clock this evening. I know it, it gets confusing. Just know <laughs> that after 7 o'clock I'm not on. I'm on at 6 o'clock that evening. That's all you got to know if you're listening on 101.1. Uh, uh, I, I do 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and then 6 o'clock p.m. That's the way it's done. Some people have really taken to it and like it. Other people still don't like it. So I'm, I'm not going to be able to make everybody happy on this. I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to tell you this is the way it is, and it's just got to be done this way. There's a reason for it. I told you what the reason for uh, for it was uh, weeks ago. Told you when it was coming. Told you when it was starting. It is happening now. It is the way it is, and uh, it, it is the way that I have to do my show. So 6 a.m., 7 a.m. live, 6 p.m. is recorded that we record at 8 o'clock. Now, if you want to hear it live, go to uh, Dave Ellswick Show on Facebook, and you can listen there. Uh, And it's just listening right now because I'm not in the studio. There's nobody there. Nobody's home. But you are hearing us record this show live. Yeah, was that you just tried to jump in, Elizabeth? (laughs) You can watch the flag fluttering. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only way you can tell there's anything going on in the room. <laughs> That's about what you see. Uh, I was right just now. reading here on on that story we talked about earlier about these teachers. I Again, I have no kids in school, but I am appalled 
it says here there were comments made uh, on this Twitter feed that was now removed. You can't see it, but one ninth grade teacher said her class asked students to read and respond to a news article, but she complained that participation was now stunted because, quote, outsiders are listening. And as it says, to be clear, that's the parents of the children. It says another teacher with pronouns listed in her Twitter handle said she plans to use chat more than voice lectures because she wants children to share information with her, quote, in a parentless way. This is a teacher specifying that she does not want the students in her class to have their parents present at all when she's teaching. A science how, teacher how agreed gonna, and said parents are that? dangerous. How is she? How do they think they're going to be able to do that? How are they going to? Who does she keep think she relevant? is? Well, that's who does number, she think she is? That's the, that's the most important question to be asked by every parent that's out there. I mean, seriously, that is the most imperative question you should be asking. Teachers, you're not out to change a a child's cultural representation. You are out to teach them reading, writing, and arithmetic, as we used to say. You're, you know. Oh, you no, they're out to destabilize their belief system. I mean, that whole phrase just sent me into orbit. A and teacher the, admitting they want to destabilize a child. Really? This is what we've allowed in our classrooms. I mean, what's being taught in colleges? That's a really well, big question, too. That's, you know, of course, Rob talks about that a lot. Rob Steinbach talks about that a lot. He sees it firsthand in the law school. We have allowed this to happen over these years, and I am just beside myself. When I found out in Conway, I live in Conway. In Conway, our school district here, our Conway school district, has more money available to it from taxes and everything else every year than our county and our city government in Conway put together. Put together. More money than our entire government uses to run its business. And no one knows. No one goes to school board meetings. No one talks about what happens. You very seldom see a news story until they want to build a fancy new school that they did here many several years ago we allow this i think i think people staying at home for the the pandemic this quarantine may have changed things i hope that many parents will look at perhaps figuring out a way to teach their children at home homeschooling in our area there's a there's a neighborhood next to me uh we have a neighborhood uh I call it a chat board. It's called nextdoor.com. It's where the neighborhoods can talk amongst themselves, you know, about everything going on. I saw a post where my neighborhood next to me, there was a woman who posted and said, please let me know we're going to set up a community school in our neighborhood since we can't get our kids back to school. Mm-hmm. So that's what our kids are going to ha- That's what our parents need to start doing. Get back to your community. Get back to your church community. Get back to the people you know and bring those children into that circle and let's make sure that they are not exposed to these types of influences that want to destabilize what they believe is that child's, you know, value system. How dare they? What's interesting is the people who responded to Matt Welsh, who wrote the article that this story is based on, uh, said he made the statement that, the teachers, while some teachers responded to Kay's comments, uh, 
with the appropriate level of horror and disgust. Like, what yeah. are you doing? What are you talking about? The good kind teachers. Of stuff. And, and that's what I'm, I'm saying. I don't want everybody who's hearing me talk about this uh, assume every teacher is bad. You, you don't want to assume. You want to start asking them questions. And I don't think that they'll mind being asked questions if they understand why you're asking the questions. Oh, but they'll, they'll others, know pretty quickly. Yeah, many others chimed in to share their own strategies for brainwashing during the pandemic. One teacher (laughs) said she'd been thinking about the problem Kay described and had decided that she'd ask students about their preferred pronouns via a survey, Uh, though she still worries that caregivers, listen to that, not parents, not Not parents, parents, Caregivers. The only reason you're there is to feed them and to clothe them uh, and nothing else. You send them <laughs> to us to be, uh, in, you know, completely taught how they're supposed to be. <laughs> Might see it and learn something about their children that they weren't supposed to know. Another teacher Thanks. said that students... Uh, wait, let's, let's, let's give everybody the background on this. Another teacher said that students last semester would somehow type secrets into the chat whenever the discussion turned to anti-racism and gender-inclusive content. Another complained that a white parent, she made sure to specify they were white in her Uh district, recorded a Zoom class and filed a complaint against the teacher for anti-racist read aloud, saying the teacher's commentary was inappropriate and biased. This, the teacher <laughs> says, quote, is going to be an issue. I guess so, because the parents who pay the taxes, who pay the teachers, have a problem, and they think that they're being inappropriate and biased. That's a problem, all right. That's going to be an issue, all right. I think it's going to be, be an issue from the parents' side of things. Yeah, well, we go on to what is yeah. in the story. and Outsiders are listening. Of, Outsiders. Yeah, a ninth grade <laughs> teacher great. shared in the commiseration, uh, saying that her class required students to, quote, read and respond to a news article, unquote. But that participation in this exercise is stunted now because... Uh, outsiders are listening in. In other words, the parents are listening. The outsiders, to be clear, are the children's parents. A teacher with pronouns listed in her Twitter handle said that she plans to use the chat function more than voice lectures because she wants children to share, quote, information with her in a parentless way. A science teacher agreed with all the sentiments expressed here and summarized it bluntly. Parents are dangerous. There you got it. Parents are dangerous. I, That's a teacher I, talking. I, That's a teacher yes, talking. I, I have said yes. this, I have said this uh, a lot lately. I never thought I'd ever bring it uh, and say it. Uh, I, I was taught in a public school. And I think you can tell that I'm not like the public school kids that are coming out now because I wasn't uh, brainwashed. 
uh, they did the teaching the way it should have been. And the bottom line now, if you can get your kids out of out of uh, uh, public what schools, oh, boy. Get, do it quickly. Do it now. This is this is really starting to pick up a lot of uh, of uh, of speed. And the question the question is, as we get down the road, will you have any say at all? in what happens in the public schools or are they going to say the public schools know better they're going to teach your children the better way and you need to just sit down and shut up i tell you what this article you're looking at on the daily wire we'll put it on your on your facebook page it brings up a point that just chills me to the bone and i hadn't thought about it it talks about adults keeping secrets with children okay what you just read teachers talking about we want to keep our conversations secret all right it says an adult doesn't doesn't that wait a second second. hold on hold on just a second elizabeth doesn't that sound like a pedophile that's grooming a kid that's the point it makes it's you know you're talking about keeping secrets and helping the child conceal that secret from his parents especially if the secret has anything to do with sexuality is acting in a way that is nothing short of predatory and i happen to totally agree if you, well, had a, if you heard a strange man, it says, if you heard a strange man on the playground say, this will just be our secret, you would know, well, assume that the man is a sex offender. Okay, hold and your thought. I, hold mm, your thought. Mm. we got a break. i got a break. We've got to pay <laughs> some bills. We'll be back. Yeah, it's, it, Elizabeth's wound up. You should be wound up listening yeah. to this. I'm just telling you. If you're listening in right now, you should be wound up. Share this with every person you know. The Dave right. Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we're finishing up this hour. we got eight minutes to go. I cut Elizabeth off, and that, she had to swallow her words because she was, she was really revving up on this stuff about safe places and, and uh, vulnerability of students. And let me turn it back over to her again. Go. Oh, again, this this whole idea that teachers want to keep what they're doing in the classroom secret from the parents. I mean, we I was taught as a small child, adults don't come to you and want to keep secrets. That's the beginning of grooming behavior for predatory sexual behavior. That's just all there is to it. Matt Walsh brings that clear in his article here that we put on your Facebook page. And yeah. it says, if you if you heard a strange man say, your, say to your child, this will just be a secret. You assume that that's a sex offender, and he says, does this behavior suddenly transform from disturbing to admirable if that person is a teacher? I think parents need to think hard and long about that, hard and long about that comment. It is frightening. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's not what we send our kids to school for. And thirdly, not at all. And the third point made in this article and we've already brought it up, that a teacher should not try to be educator, parent, shaman, spiritual guide, therapist, friend, confident, and sex counselor all rolled into one. He or she who is there teaching is meant to fill only the first role on the list educator and only in the subject the teacher has been assigned 
to teach a child's mm. actual parents only come to be viewed as dangerous interlopers and intrusive outsiders when teachers begin to view themselves and the school system as the true guardians and conservators of the children that are temporarily in their care. And that ultimately is the problem with the modern education system. I've been saying well, this for a long time. Schools don't need to have health, uh, you know, uh, clinics in them. We don't need to have uh, schools that have uh, child care facilities in them so that the students' mm-hmm. children can be watched while the students' children can be watched while they're going to uh, to class and things of that nature. There's a lot, this whole thing of your school uh, being more than your school is a danger, dangerous place to be at. We can't let the schools take over. Look at look at what we've seen from teachers in the last several months. They don't want to go to the classroom. They are acting more like activists on the streets than they are teaching the children. And I'm talking about this even was going on last November here in Arkansas when the teachers protested down in Little Rock. Uh, they didn't like the Little Rock school district situation and so forth and so on. So never mind teaching in the classrooms. We're going to go march on the state capitol. They are more about activism. You know, my grandmother used to say, when someone shows you who they are, you should believe them. And these people are clearly telling you, most of them, who they are. Now, we know, you and I know, that there are conservative teachers out there. There are. The thing is that I keep hearing from my friends, many of them were conservative teachers, and they have left the profession because they could not teach. And they got tired of never being able to open their mouths without risking their jobs because they were conservative. That's the problem. Our conservative teachers need these parents in the schools so that they can continue to do their work, that they are being also throttled by their environment. Because All right. conservative teachers aren't allowed to speak up in, in school. Let me finish off the, and just read directly from this article. It is such a great article. You said you already put it up on my Facebook page, right? It's Matt Walsh, yes, on Daily yeah. Wire. Children, children are not old enough to be emancipated. They cannot yet go out and live their own lives. They cannot make every decision for themselves. They must belong to someone, not owned like objects, but cared for and protected like the vulnerable human beings that they are. The fundamental question is, who do they belong to? Different cultures and different times and places have had different answers to this question. Here now in contemporary American society, there are generally two ways of looking at it. One, children belong to their parents or they belong to the school system, which is to say the government. In one vision, a child is a son or daughter, your son or daughter. In the other, the child is a ward of the state. Only one of these visions is healthy natural and humanizing only one can properly facilitate a child's emotional mental intellectual and spiritual growth 
the school system doesn't just have a wrong and harmful idea of what education is. It has a wrong and harmful idea of what a child is and what its fundamental role in a child's life is supposed to be. And that is why I'll not send my kids into the clutches of a public school, and neither should you. And that directly from Matt Walsh. And I, I can't agree with him anymore at the end. I can already hear uh, Scott uh, from uh, Agape Church talking about what they teach and what they do versus what a public school does. And I know that he hears this stuff and it makes his blood run cold. And it should. Every parent. It really, really should. I mean, how do you view your child? Is your child, is it a a (laughs) God-given responsibility to make sure that child grows up in the admonition of the Lord and knowing what's good from bad and right from evil? Or is it the government to tell your child that? I tell you that the former is what I would be dealing with, and that is the parent. Got the Bible, guys, coming up next. to them uh, dealing with the questions that are sent because as you send them into Bible guys, I forward them to Steve, to Billy, and to Pastor Scott and so they can see them and start working on uh, their answers of those questions. Problem is, they've got the questions now. My my email has failed with the uh, company and uh, means that uh, I don't have them. So, Billy, you've got them in front of you. Go ahead and read that first question. I do, indeed. Good morning. Um, So the first question that came in was actually one that came in during the show last week, uh, just as we were ending, I believe. Correct. uh, And we didn't have time to get to it. Uh, And it says, uh, I have a question for Bible Guys today. Uh, do do they believe in once saved, always saved? If not, why not? And when do you know you've lost your salvation? Uh, Pastor Scott, how about you start with that? Okay. Um, well, I think the person is probably referring to the typical um, uh, viewpoint taken by most Calvinists. This is something that you'll find in a lot of Calvinist uh, uh, churches. And uh, they do believe that once you have been saved, you cannot be, lose your salvation. This is taken out of the verse of Scripture that says uh, that no one can pluck them out of my out of my hand. Um, however, there are verses of Scripture that tells us that 
Um, you know, as Jesus said, there are many people who will say, Lord, Lord. Um, and then he'll say, why do you call me that? I don't know who you are. I think there's a lot of people who think they may be saved, but are not um, actually saved. There are verses also, and I'm drawing a blank as to exactly where it's at, but uh, it, d- it does talk about um, about uh, people who are who will tread after they have tasted a good gift. Uh, you guys know that verse I'm talking about? Those who've tasted. Yeah, it's um, in uh, it's the book of Hebrews. Is it Hebrews? Can you find that, Steve? Yeah, I'll find it. Yep. So it basically says that those who have tasted of the of the of the uh, of the gift uh, of the world to come, and those who have basically had a salvation experience, it says for them to actually reject and then to trod underfoot the blood of Messiah. Again, for them, there isn't any uh, um, way of return. So, in other words, once you've been born again, for you to reject, I think it says to count the blood of Christ as an unholy thing to. In other words, if, if people can make a decision. Okay, I've chosen this lifestyle, I've chosen this path, but now I have now I firmly reject everything I've believed in. I'm walking another way. Um, I think people can make a decision to to leave it and abandon it. I don't think you just accidentally fall out of it. Like, oh no, I sinned today. I'm now lost forever. I, I don't think it's a fragile like that. Um, yeah, I think it, it takes a deliberate decision to to walk away, but can you walk away? I think you can. Did you find that verse, Steve? Yeah, I did. It's um, Hebrews ten twenty nine. It says, of how much worse punishment do you suppose will be thought worthy who's trampled the Son of God underfoot and counted the blood of the covenant by which he was uh, sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace? Yeah. What, what, does it go on to say anything after that? Is, I thought I mentioned something uh, about the taste, taste of the Maybe maybe another, another scripture. Um, yeah, that, that, okay. That's that, you guys pick it up from there. Also, I can't find that other, that other verse. Okay. Yeah. The uh, I mean, those are the two main verses that I look at when people ask me that question. Um, it comes from two ideas: is because we're, we're trying to wrestle through. Well, are you saved by grace or are you saved by works? Because if you can do something that causes you to lose it, then that means you were not saved by grace, you were saved by works. That's kind of part of the argument. And and if uh, that's, a, that's a very mild way of how people look at it. Um, but as Scott was alluding to, if someone who says that they're saved, but yet they're a constant habitual liar, a, fe- a thief, an adulterer, a pornographer, or someone who is... Um, taken for granted the grace that has been given. We're not talking about somebody who struggles with sin, but who says to God, I want to be holy. I want to live right. I want to overcome. You know, please help me, but yet I still struggle with these things. There's a difference between taken for granted, bold-faced rebellion, and then trying to wrestle with the flesh, as as Romans 7 talks about. So there's a difference between those things. But yes, I believe you can lose it, but it's not as easy uh, as people think it might be. Yeah, and I would go so far as to say that if you're if you're asking yourself this question, uh, you probably don't have anything to worry about uh, because once salvation is lost and, and the, the spirit of God withdraws from you, I don't I don't think you have um, an interest in in asking whether or not there's a possibility you've lost your salvation. Uh, if if God has withdrawn from you because you have rejected His gift, um, I I don't think there's any hunger left. Um, to be close to God, so uh, the the fact that you're you're asking this question, that you're wondering about this, probably means that you're uh, um, still in a really safe place, as it were. 
Yeah, I think that if, if someone has a conscience that's that's active, that's that's you know right. maybe t- telling them maybe I've done something wrong. If your conscience is active uh, and you're feeling the impression like that, then then you have then you then you have not done or committed the quote unpardonable sin where you where you fall in uh, where you fallen away. You have still that drawing of the Holy Spirit. Typically, people like this have made a decision. I'm going to walk a different way, and their conscience becomes so seared that they don't feel any. Uh, conviction or any empathy. I found that verse of scripture. It's in Hebrews 6, verse 4. Uh, and it says, For it is impossible, or, or, it's actually verse 4 and uh, 4 through 6. It says, uh, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and who have tasted of the heavenly gift, were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted of the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again under repentance, seeing that they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and have put him to open shame. So it says, it, it kind of lists several things. It's impossible for those who have once been enlightened, tasted the heavenly gift, been partakers of the Holy Ghost, tasted the good word of God and of the world to come, if they fall away, to renew them to uh, repentance. And it's impossible. So you have to have, you know, full, fully experienced what God has to offer in this world. And then for those people then to have done all of that and then to have made a decision, I'm walking away, the Lord says, there's a line drawn at that point. But I think this is a, a cognitive, deliberate decision to, uh, to journey a different path. Yep. All right. So it's not an easy thing to do. It is a you're, you're, you're talking a completely different lifestyle and one which is devoid of the Holy Spirit, Correct. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was raised in, in, in an environment, in a church environment, where where things were preached very, very hardly, and you, you lived in fear that you were going to do something that was going to cause you to step over that line um, and have and, and lose everything. Almost like it's almost like you can just accidentally do something wrong and lose it. But uh, I think the, the verse that Pastor Steve wrote read was, you know, he said you have to you have to count the blood of Christ an unholy thing. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal to to lose the uh, to lose your salvation, it's not. It, it can't just happen easily. It's a it's a deliberate decision. I mean, this sounds like it. it it's it's running towards uh, the unpardonable sin of blaspheming the the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they probably well, run they run parallel. Yeah. Yeah, and Scott alluded to the one thing about searing the conscience. I think it was Scott or Billy, whichever one. And they, and I think those are the people that um, are referenced in Matthew. Seven, where it says, depart from me, I never knew you, because they actually respond by saying, well, wait a minute, we did all of these things in your name. So they got so consumed with walking things out, they had no heart connection to it. That They thought it was about being ritualistically observing all of these things, but yet they may have said, hey, I fed the poor, but they may have been um, sleeping around. They may have uh, visited the sick, but they may have been stealing from the offering plate. So it just depends. Yeah, and I don't think it's a one-time and you're out of a situation. Agreed. I, I agree with what, what you were saying, uh, Billy was saying earlier on, that if the Holy Spirit is still dealing with you, it's still dealing with you. It's still residing in you, right. and it can't, it can't reside in an unholy place. Right, right. Right. So, so I, had a, I had a friend who, who grew up in uh, the oneness Pentecostal uh, movement, very much like I did. Um, and, and he and I are about the same age too. Um, but, uh, he was, he was, a 
full of the Holy Spirit, had been had been baptized in the Holy Spirit as evidenced by speaking in other tongues, uh, was on fire for God, and then he went to college and ran into um, a philosophy teacher, and that teacher was able to convince him that that entire experience was nothing more than um, kind of a, a, a cultish sort of thing, right, where he had just been convinced to, to follow the crowd. And before his first year of college was over, he had completely rejected that and said, God is a lie. Um, it is my opinion that that is the type of experience that we're talking about where um, someone doesn't get the opportunity to come back, right? He experienced the fullness of what God had to offer, and then through treachery or whatever, um, through being convinced by someone, decided, made a decision at some point to reject what God had offered him and walk a different way. Um, that is the one. And, and you can, if you think about it logically, you can understand why it's impossible to come back from that, right? He experienced everything God had to offer in this life for him and then went, no, thank you. Um, yeah. What could ever cause someone like that to, to come back? I, I just don't, I, I think that is, that is what it's talking about when Scripture says there's no way to come back because what would you, what could you do refill him with the Holy Ghost? He's already been filled with the Holy Ghost and, and rejected that. So there's there's nothing that would ever convince someone like that um, to to turn and walk a different direction. So uh, I think that is the, the sort of, of situation we're talking about where there is there is no opportunity for redemption because you've rejected um, the holiest of gifts there. And I got to tell you, this is something that's been playing out more and more in movies and in television uh people who at one time it's their backstory is uh they were religious they were believers uh but yet they had an epiphany that all of the religious beliefs that they had were false and now they've walked away from them have you been seeing this as like i've been seeing this Yeah, there's been several uh, worship pastors, obviously, certain centers that have met, but even more surprising, there have been a lot of them. All right, well, we. Yeah, Steve, we lost you. You need to. I need you to call back in, Steve. You're on a bad, bad cell. We didn't hear anything you were just saying. I I mean, look. Let me give everybody an, an, an object lesson in this. There's a real hot Netflix TV show. It was on just uh, during the middle of the, the, the COVID-19 uh, uh, outbreak, and it was called Warrior Nun. That's the name of it, Warrior Nun. And as you watch it, I'm just going to say, if you're, not, if you're not solid in your faith, leave it alone. Uh, because you'll not pick up some of the, the subtle things that they're trying to do to people of faith. But the bottom line is is that they, they talk in this manner of, yeah, that's what we were shown and blah, blah, blah. And then they show, but this is the way it really is type of thing. Oh, and then they start uh-huh. showing the fall inside of the church all the time, things right. of that nature. And they try, and it's it's a methodology that's been used for years. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, the, the what, what was, was the, the show? One, 
It's called Warrior Nun. Okay. I mean, the the title <laughs> the title of the show <laughs> should warn yeah. you away from it. It didn't warn me away from it because I like crazy Game of Thrones kind of stuff, and that's kind of what this was. And uh, if you watch it, you'll see that there is a teaching, and there's always a teaching in art. Art is a method of education, and they're teaching something they want you to catch. It's sure not coming from the Holy Spirit, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, you know, to, to, Billy, to Billy's point, you know, that kind of goes to um, the statistic, you know, how many Christian kids lose their faith in university. I mean, it's ridiculously high. It's over 70 percent. And, you know, that, that, that tells us that we in the church need to better equip our kids with apologetics, teach them how to defend their faith, teach them how to be bold about their faith. And I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we began to see the emergence of, of, of new uh, Christian higher education, because the world is going to continue to get darker. This, this battle is not over. It's just, it's just begun. So there's going to have to be an alternative educational outlets for these kids, um, you know, to, uh, to, to go through. Okay. we got to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. And just what you just said right there, Scott, is what I talked about almost for the, the, the whole last half hour of my show. And that is oh, really? the church has got to get involved in this fight because we're losing our country because it hasn't. we got more coming your way here on uh, the, the Bible Guys segment of the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back in a moment. All right, so we, we did a, a, a little um, exegesis, a little look at, uh, at uh, once saved, always saved. Uh, it's something that you have to sit down. You've got to do the Bible study. I'm just telling you, you've got to sit down and you've got to read what the Scriptures say and adhere to what the Scriptures say. I've been telling people that. Haven't you guys been telling people that more and more now? Read what the Scriptures say and believe what the Scriptures say and, and live your life what the Scriptures say. I mean, uh, it's, it's when, when a, uh, I was talking to Iverson Jackson yesterday, and I said, Thus saith the Lord. That's pretty important. <laughs> yeah. You know, if the Lord's saying that you, your ears better pike up and if your pastor says, ah, that ain't a big deal, you better find another church. There you go. Yeah. I think that's what we spend our life doing, Dave, telling people to read the Bible and do what it says. That's what we do. Yeah. And we, yeah. we do it all the time. And, Bible and all, things in Bible ways. All the verses that we read be, during the time we were talking about once saved, always saved, are very clear. There, it, it doesn't. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to understand what they're saying there. I mean, there are verses in the Bible that you can parse them pretty doggone uh, critically, and sometimes we don't know exactly what it's saying but the ones that we read those are the ones that are like diamonds i mean they're that that brilliant for you yeah uh, one of the things that um one of my favorite sayings from one of scott and i's mentors dr mosley um he would talk about the simplicity of some of the things that we see in the scriptures and he would say that you don't need a teacher to teach you that a monkey should monkey with another monkey's monkey Don't commit commit adultery. That's good. And so it's kind of a common sense thing, not don't steal, don't lie, 
you know, don't commit adultery, don't blaspheme the Holy Ghost. So those things that are very simple and as far as the Ten Commandments and that kind of morality and ethics are real simple. Um, and that's really ultimately what you're going to be judged on. You're not going to be judged on doctrine. You're going to be judged on the morals and ethics and how you conduct your life and how you treated people and what you did with the simplicity. And if you really read what's going on in the New Testament, that's really what they're focusing on is the gospel and ethics. That's really what they're hammering throughout the gospel is repent and believe, be saved, and now walk according to your salvation. Now, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm killing some time here because we got rush coming up, and we we only had about two minutes left. So I didn't want to get into another question, which we will do when we come back from the break that's coming up after rush. But I also sent you guys a story that I talked about during the first hour of my show today, and I'd like you to read it because it's really disturbing to me. I mean, it is deep to my core. It is it has concerned me. And it's there's a lot of things that people who are believers, who are followers of Jesus Christ, have got to think about when it comes to their children. And the end of this story is so, so profound. The three things that they say have changed in America. Uh, And I'd like you guys to look at that. Matt Walsh is a believer, by the way. And it's very interesting uh, what he teaches at the end of that story. So we'll we'll get into that in the next hour. And I think it's something that has to be dealt with in our country. 30 seconds, and then Rush will be with us. He'll uh, join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. The Bible guys are going to come back. we got more questions for them. Uh, there was even a question for me today uh, that somebody asked about. And my answer is because politicians are hypocrites. Uh, so you can you just listen to that answer, and that answers your question. But I'll answer it again when we get to it. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, 25 minutes uh, until 8 o'clock. you got 25 minutes to make it work on time, just letting you know. And uh, we thank uh, Rush for joining us. Let me remind you, PI Roofing makes this show possible. Well, one of the great advertisers that we have here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and uh, they have been one of my advertisers for nearly 16 years. I uh, definitely uh, thank them for that. They believe in what we talk about here and the, and the, uh, the different types of, of uh, information that we share with people. But they were out at my house uh, last Friday, and I had a problem, had a, had a leak back by uh, what uh, was a direct TV dish uh, whom came out and changed their dish and moved their rack and said, yeah, yeah, that that sure did uh, cause a problem, didn't it? Uh, Didn't say anything about paying for it, but admitted that they had caused the leak. And so the folks from PI Roofing came out, looked at it, said, Dave, no problem. Now, first thing they did is that they couldn't get to it till Friday, and they came out on Tuesday. So they put some material on the area so that the leak was stopped. It wasn't fixed, but it was stopped. They did it kind of a, like a quick fix. And then they were out early on Friday morning. They called me, said, Dave, we're going to be there at this time. I said, okay. I, I unlocked the back gate so they could get in. They came, and I don't, you know, I got a dog, but, you know, 
all he could do is gnaw on your Achilles tendon. And and, and bottom line, uh, they came on in, got up on the roof and got to work. Took them a couple of hours. Uh, they had to take off shingles, had to take off some uh, uh, plywood and stuff and to repair their, their roof. And they did. Did a fantastic job. And they'll do the same for you. Just because we're going through COVID-19 doesn't mean you can't take care of your house. I just want to impress that upon you. Call the folks at PI Roofing, 707-3551. That's the number. Put that in your phone. Put it on speed dial, 707-3551, or visit them at piroofing.com. You'll get the exact same treatment I did. I didn't get special treatment because I'm on the radio. I'm just telling you, this is the way they treat their customers. That's PI Roofing. The Bible guys are with us. Uh, I want to get to the other questions, and we'll have time to do that. But, guys, I sent you an article for you to peruse. Did you get time to read that article? Yeah. Yes. Did it not concern you? Uh, it, was, it was horrific. Yeah, it really is. It I mean, proves what we've known for the, has been going on for the last 50 years. It's not really anything new. They just finally went, oops, they got out in public. Yeah, they let that. I don't. I that guy who Key, I think, is his name or K, one or the other, uh, whose Twitter account uh, people found. Somebody happened to come upon it and found it, and started reading it and went, "Holy mackerel!" Uh, you know, when he read it, and then let other people see it, and now it's been taken down. It's been made private. They let stuff out that. They didn't want to get out. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But it was at the end of the article that I thought the guy was at his most profound. Walsh is the, the, the name of the gentleman. And if you're, not a, if you're not a person who subscribes to the Daily Wire, you should be. That's Ben Shapiro's website. And he's got some great writers, and this is one of them. His name is uh, Matt Walsh. And he, he was... He gets to the end and he talks about how what what are the important things to understand about what was this 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 teacher and all the others that were chiming in uh, on this article uh, were saying. And I'm I'm trying to get to the end of the article right now, but there was there was three things that he brought up. He said one, the very same people who extol the classroom as a safe place for vulnerability. Or also tell us on different days and in different contexts that bullying is a major problem for today's youth, and many of them are driven to self-destruction because of it. So which is it? Is the classroom a place for open and genuine dialogue where children can safely express their truest feelings or beliefs, or is it a place rife with bullying and mockery where rigid conformity is demanded and those who fail to meet the demands are severely punished. It certainly can't be both. Mm-hmm. And then he says, second, an adult keeping a secret with a child. Uh, these teachers basically tell their, their students, now this is between us. It's not between you and your family. And right. helping the child conceal that secret from his parent. You know, that's what I call grooming. And that's mm-hmm. what Matt Walsh calls it. Pedophiles use that. Well, this is our secret. You know, you don't you don't share what we just did. 
with anybody else. It's our secret. And then thirdly, which is that a public school teacher is not supposed to be and should not try to be educator, parent, shaman, spiritual guide, therapist, friend, confident, confidant, and sex counselor all rolled into one. He or she is meant to fill only the role of educator. Mm-hmm. You know, we're given our children to raise them in the admonition of the Lord. Do, do you think, Dave, that this it is the way it is because of the 1960, whatever the year it was, 1960-something ruling about taking prayer and God out of school? Is that the beginning of the unraveling? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I mean, it doesn't matter now where it began. We got to take it for where it is. And where it is right now is they are trying to steal your children from you. Mm -hmm. That's simple. Now, I'm not saying every parent is doing this. I'm not saying every school district is doing this. But there's things that are taught even in the most conservative school district that I scratch my head at. Yeah, yeah. So yeah one not, of the conversations telling, uh, that we had. Go ahead. So I got, I, you know, I just got to ask you guys, and I'd like you to talk about it a little bit. Should the average parent today be looking with jaded eye towards public education? Without a doubt. Um, yeah. You know, I, living in living in Europe for half of my life, basically, um, I used to travel back to the United States and, and speak a couple, of, a couple of weeks a year. And I used to tell the people in the U.S. who would listen to me, I used to tell them that I live in Europe. In other words, I live in the future, and I've come back to the past, that being the U.S., to tell you what our future looks like if it doesn't change. And Europe went down this road where Europe began to t- tell the people that they were better educators and raisers of their children than the parents were because they were educated to do it. And what happened is the taxation rate began to continue to go up to where it forced the families to put both parents in the workforce, which meant the parents had to give the state the children to raise. And consequently, we have Europe as it is today. We have a a, a system or a, a society in Europe that children were raised by the state instead of being raised by the children, by the parents. And we're quickly headed in that and uh, quickly headed in that direction ourselves. Yeah, let me, I've been let telling me, people to take advantage ahead. of this time. I've been telling people to take advantage of this time. Um, and, you know, we, we went back and forth. You know, we were able to put our kids in, in private Christian schools. Uh, but my youngest daughter, we've been for the last few years, we've been homeschooling. And, and people are finding out that there are a lot of tools in the midst of all of this that's going on in which they can homeschool their kids. And uh, I think they, if they could look at the times of what's going on now, that they could take advantage of this time and realize that it is something that can be done. And if if we don't do that, they are going to be lost to a system that has it is well known. Um, it's the Marxist model that that they're going to take care of the kids. And when they take care of the kids, you get what we got going on in the streets today and, and people who are uned, uneducated about the history of this nation um, and, uh, and 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 claiming how good and wonderful socialism and Marxism is. Yeah, because let me just read the very end of this story. The last two paragraphs. Here's what it says. Here in contemporary American society, the the author is talking about how do we view our children? And he says, here in contemporary American society, there are generally two ways of looking at this. 
First, children belong to their parents or they belong to the school system, which is to say the government. In one vision, a child is your son or daughter. In the other, the child is a ward of the state. Only one of these visions is healthy, natural, and humanizing. Only one can properly facilitate a child's emotional, mental, intellectual, and spiritual growth. The school system doesn't just have a wrong and harmful idea of what education is. It has a wrong and harmful idea of what a child is. That's, I mean, that's putting it right out in front of everybody. I mean, that's, is, be honest with you, I think that's the naked truth right there. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got to make a decision. Yeah. Followers of Christ have got to make a decision on this. And I know I can hear it right now. I can hear preachers telling me, Dave, how can I preach a sermon on this when I've got so many public school teachers in my in my uh, 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 congregation? You got to preach the truth, brother. That's all I can say. Amen. You can't you cannot modify the truth for one group, because then what happens is, well, I can't preach on adultery because I know I've got people in my congregation that are committing adultery. I can't. I can't preach on giving too much. I know I've got people in my church that aren't giving. I mean, the next thing you know, you don't preach about anything except a feel-good sermon on how to become a better, you know, a better you or something like that. We, you stop preaching right. the hard right. truth because you're trying to modify your teaching based upon the predisposition of your of your people. Uh, you can't do that. You've got to preach the word. You've got to preach the truth. This is one of the reasons why we have a Christian school at our church because you know we've had it for thirty years because you know there there is a, something inherently uh, pernicious. Um, in 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 our and I'm not saying that our teachers are doing this. They, they're this is the system that they're involved in. Uh, we have a lot of good Christian teachers who love God and who are doing their best to work within the system they have, and and they're not they're not pushing as the stuff the way a lot of other a lot of others are. But we are losing our children to an evil and perverse generation. So you have to preach the truth. I mean, you're right, Dave. You have to preach the truth. Yeah, and and people need to understand this. They really have got to get a hold of this, because if not, you're going to lose your children. You're already losing your children. Your kids are going to college and coming back, and you're hearing stuff that you go like, what? I didn't right. ever teach you that. Yeah. Well, somebody did. That's the key. Yeah. Somebody is teaching it. All right, let's get our break in. Then we got some questions from the listeners, not about this subject, although I I. I think that we should uh, sit down and and figure out a time that we can do this again and give uh, give parents an idea of what they should do 13 minutes till 8 13 minutes to get to work pick up the speed a little bit if you want to here on the Dave Ellswick show all right back with you here on the Dave Ellswick show and uh, the Bible guys are here I have lost my questions for them. Billy has them, so Billy will ask uh, the other two guys question number two. Here we go. Hey, Dave, Dave, can I just jump in real quick and give a plug for the school? Yes. uh, Listen, uh, we've been talking about Christian education here, and um, uh, as I said, our church does have a school. It's about 33 years old. If you're interested in getting your kids into a good quality Christian school, that values God and brings God into every topic and every subject we talk about, please visit um, Agape Academy, A-G-A-P-E Academy.org, and you can set up a a time to uh, take a tour. You can uh, register online. You can give a call to the office. We're more than happy to uh, tell you what we offer and how we can help you uh, 
walk out the things of God in your life. Okay. Thanks. Do you do you talk about uh, you know a lot of people would like to get their kids into a pub, uh, a private school, but you know maybe both the parents only make minimum wage. Uh, can you help them be able to get their kid into a a school where uh, they're not going to be lost to the to the secularists? Oh yeah, yeah. We that's certainly a discussion that we have with people for sure. Okay. All right. What's the number to call? Uh, you know, I don't have the number off the top of my head, uh, Dave. All right. they, they could Give call, it before. They can call, they, they call 225-0612. That's actually the church office. They can leave a message there, and we can get it over to the academy. All right. And they'll get in touch with you all as far as yep. that. And they are on on the uh, Internet Internet as what? What's the Internet address? Agapeacademy.org. Uh, there you go. Agape, A-G-A-P-E-Academy.org. Uh, yes, Billy. Right. Agape Academy lists the phone number as 225 Is that the main office? Yes, thank you very much, brother. There, there it go. is. Call the main office, leave a message, they'll get back to you, and uh, don't let how much money you make be a hindrance. You call, let them at that point talk to you about that. And I'm looking, Elizabeth just hit me and said, uh, link to Agape Academy is on my Facebook page right now. Okay, so there you Super. go. Uh, Great. Thank saying, you, know, thanks, thanks for doing that, Elizabeth. We appreciate you. All right, it's 7.55. Do we have time to answer one more question? Uh, Bill, sure, um, because this one, this one shouldn't take too long, I don't think, because we've spoken about it before. It says, I was wondering if you, guys, if you could ask the Bible guys about the show The Chosen, do they think it was written oh, correctly good. within the time period and good for recommending to others? Also, I was wondering if Pastor Steve uh, could talk about uh, creating unity within the body here in Little Rock. I've heard him before saying that unity is a big issue to his heart. I was wondering what he feels can be done to bring it about. So, All right. Chosen? The Chosen, you guys are, are, are aware of The Chosen. You've heard from me about The Chosen. I think it's a, a real step forward in presenting the Gospels. With that, I'll turn it over to you guys. I've, uh, I've watched the first, um, I think, six and six or seven episodes of the first season, and I've been really impressed so far. I uh, really like the backstory that they're um, laying on each individual uh, main character of the New Testament. So it, I thought they've done very good so far. Okay, great. Have and you I'll seen believe- it, Steve or Scott? Pardon me. Yeah, yes, I've, I've watched. Uh, I've watched all the episodes of the first series, and I'll say this: that there was a point in every single uh, episode where I was on the verge of, of tears. It's very emotional. Uh, just uh, you know, it was just a just a really moving, very very well done. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, one thing I find interesting, though, is they do use a lot of Hebrew names, except for the Hebrew names of Jesus. I, I don't know why they, <laughs> I don't know why they didn't quite do that. But, but, uh, uh, but um, other than that, I think it is a, it's a very, very well done, and it's and it is a very moving and emotional uh, um, series. At least it has been for me. So I would, I would firmly recommend that to anyone wanting to watch. How about you, Billy? What have you been COVID nineteening? Uh, <laughs> I have, I have, yeah, I have not actually had a chance to see it yet, so I, I don't yet have an opinion. But everything I've heard from everybody who has watched it has all been positive. So yeah, it's really, it's really, really good. I, I really appreciate it. You know what? I really appreciate it right off the bat, uh, Scott. What's up? They got Jews playing Jews. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, now some people might, some people say, well, Dave, you always, I'm not saying they can't have other people play Jews. All I'm saying is that we've, Christianity has lost its hold on Jewishness because we've whitewashed Christ. All right. It's, uh, he's a Jew. We got to remember that. That's right. You know, yeah. They don't they don't back away from that and I think that's a good thing. This is not Amen. King of Kings. Remember that movie? Uh no. That's the no. one with Jeffrey where Jeffrey Hunter went to the cross, the the white blue eyed Jesus. Oh. Uh gosh. Uh, that is that old Dave? I don't Yeah, that's old. That's old. That's older than you are probably. But I'm just saying oh, wow. uh, that's uh, there's nothing wrong with with seeing your religion in yourself, but don't don't lie to yourself and think that your religion is that way. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that Garner Ted Armstrong used to do. Right, right. I'm just saying. Now I'm bringing that's up names. Great, it's a great series. It really is. Yeah, it's good stuff. Go see it. You'll love it. You'll love it. I really liked it. All right. With that said. We don't have time for the last uh, question, which was one part of it was to me. The rest of it was to you guys. So we'll get to that next time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Dudes, it's it's always great. My fellow brothers in Christ, it's good to have you on every week. Amen. We really appreciate it, Dave. to be here. We're blessed to be on the journey. Thanks, Dave, for letting us be here. Praying for you, brother. Praying for All right. you. All is well. All is well. Thanks. We'll take a break, and then Elizabeth's back, and you'll hear it at 6 o'clock tonight. Seven minutes uh, after the hour here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. If you're listening at 6 o'clock, welcome to the show at uh, 6. We're going to give you an hour of hopefully some information to chew on that you need to chew on. And then uh, we'll move on and the rest of our evening programming will continue here on uh, 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. And uh, Larry Elder is going to be around, and and Sebastian's going to be around. So there's a lot of good programming still to come here on uh, 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. Uh, before I go any further, since uh, this is the Tuesday show, let me remind you that Robert Steinbach will be filling in for me tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, then J.R. Davis will be filling in for me on uh, Thursday and on Friday, Robert Steinbach will fill for me again. I have a, a health-related issue I have to take care of, and uh, I should be back by next Monday. If not, uh, 
you know, maybe I'll have the Bible guys fill in for me. I don't know. It just depends. Anyway, uh, let's uh, get with a story uh, that broke early this morning, and there may be more information out by now if you're listening at 6 o'clock. If you're listening on Facebook, you're hearing the information that we have at that given time at 8 o'clock uh, hour in the morning. So go ahead, Elizabeth. And what is Channel uh, 7's website saying? Well, I'm actually looking at Southern Arkansas University on Facebook, and okay. they posted uh, that at about 1 o'clock this morning, they've uh, had a shooting on campus with three off-campus students meeting someone in the parking lot of the Donald Reynolds Community Center. About 1 o'clock this morning, it says, after a brief discussion, numerous shots were fired. We've lost one student, uh, Joshua Deshun, sorry, Joshua Cushun Smith, who's a senior engineering physics major from Sparkman, and another student was transported by ambulance to the regional medical center in stable condition. There is no other information. The situation is stable. The university police have secured the scene, and, of course, things are under investigation. If you're okay. hearing this at six, we may know of more. We may not. Yeah, go to go to you can go to KATV's website or you can go to the website of the university itself, right? Yes, yeah, Southern Arkansas University or KATV dot com. Uh, at this time, there is no other information, but I'm sure they will be updating as they as they know more. Okay, appreciate it. Sad to hear of a shooting Very on campus sad. like that. Uh, On campus, uh, that's scary. There's question marks, uh, of course, there that you got three students that came from off campus on campus to meet evidently with a student on campus. And then they exchange gunfire. That's uh, that's not a good thing. A lot of things. Or someone who was on campus. That's down in Magnolia. That's a pretty small community. So chances are good that it was students involved. But we don't know those details yet. Yeah. So other than the uh, three, just check out, just check out uh, the website. They'll they'll keep you up to date on that. Now, let's uh, talk about Chicago real quickly. Uh, if unless you got, you know, playing like an ostrich and got your head in the sand, you know that uh, last night late, uh, you know, talking about Sunday night going into Monday, early in the morning, Monday morning. All hell broke loose down in the loop uh, in Chicago. And uh, people went in and they uh, knocked out windows. There's videos of people driving their cars through windows of Nordstrom's and uh, a lot of the the big-name stores along the Miracle Mile right there on Michigan Avenue. Uh, That area of Michigan Avenue is where people go to shop and have a good time and and uh, they get hot chocolate, and during the, during Christmas time, it's it's a, a a great area to go to just to get in the Christmas spirit. Well, uh, these people that came out just really destroyed all of that in one fell swoop. In fact, the mayor of Chicago finally, and I got to say, finally condemned what happened. It took her until. Uh, basically, uh, you know, Monday regular morning towards noon to say, 
this wasn't a peaceful demonstration. Well, no, no. It's, it's like I, I, I feel like Homer Simpson a lot of times. I just want to go, duh, you know, uh, at these people. I mean, you're, you're stating the obvious when you got like 400 people going through the loop and they're, and they're smashing out windows and all kinds of stuff. And they're pulling U-Haul trucks up to the windows and filling U-Haul trucks up and leaving and uh, with stuff. That's not, guess what? That's not covered by the First Amendment. I mean, she makes that statement. I mean, treat, talking about treating people like stupid people. I'm sorry to tell you, that's not covered by the First Amendment. Oh, for God's sake, no kidding. You know, Lightfoot is her name. Light Mind is probably more like it. Well, spoken like a true Democrat, they are doing everything they can to ignore and pretend like the violence is not occurring. It's gaslighting the whole entire country. Telling you one thing when you can see the exact opposite right in front of your very eyes. Okay, talking gaslighting. Listen here now. They've they've had 660-something killings on the southwest side of Chicago in the beginning of this year alone. Uh, 2,000-plus shootings this time, this time alone. Well, Black Lives Matter showed up last night in Chicago, and they held a rally to support the more than 100 arrested last night following widespread looting and rioting that caused at least $60 million in property damage and saw 13 officers injured, according to a report. The rally organized by Black Lives Matter Chicago was held at a police station in the South Loop, where organizers say individuals are currently being held in custody. At least one organizer called the looting tantamount to, let me use the word for everybody, reparations. This is Black Lives Matter saying this looting that you're seeing in the loop in Chicago, this is reparation times for black people because of slavery. We've got a problem in this country, folks, a serious, serious problem. And the only person I see that's willing, willing to call it looting and lawlessness are A.G. Barr or President Trump. That's it. Everybody else looks away and says, ah, I don't see nothing. I see nothing. They, they're like the monkeys. They got their hands over their eyes or their hands over their ears or a hand over their mouth. I see no evil, hear no evil, you know, whatever. I mean, it's Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes, you know. I sees nothing, I hears nothing. I'm just saying. They think if they say it enough times, and we know this, this, this is true, if you say a lie enough times, the people will begin to believe it. And when the media backs them up, as we've talked about a hundred times before, it makes it very difficult to get the facts out. They're not covering. You don't see these videos. If you go on social media, you see videos all over the place of what's happening in Chicago and Portland and other places. You're not seeing that on the news. Think about it. You're not seeing that on the news. All you're yeah. seeing is the media trying to trap Trump. I, want, I looking- want people, though, to understand what Black Lives Matter is all about, 
Elizabeth. I mean, they no. they have such a thin veneer. You can find the truth about them just going on their website. I know we got to get a break in. Let's do that. When we do, I'm going to read one. I'm going to read what one of the organizers had to say as they held a press conference last night. I'll talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay with us. Uh, we're about uh, 13 minutes into this hour on the, da- the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned. We're coming back. So this hour has got me about as ticked off as my first hour today at 6 a.m. did on the Dave Ellswick Show. And if you haven't listened to that, go to uh, 101.1 FM, theanswer.com, and listen to it because it gets into education. Today, the truth is just flooding out. It's amazing. Here's what uh, there was a woman there, Ariel Atkins. She's a Black Lives Matters organizer. That's according to NBC Chicago. Now, this isn't just how one person views this. Uh, views this. This is how Black Lives Matter, the one that all the NBA players wear their their uh, shirts uh, for the, before their games and stuff. This is what they believe in. I want everybody to understand that this is what they believe in. I'm really irritated about this stuff. They are lawlessness. They are criminals. And people are wearing their shirts as if they're heroes. They are not. Here's their own words. I don't care if someone decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike store. Because that makes sure that 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 person eats, said Ariel Atkins, a Black Lives Matter organizer, according to NBC Chicago. That makes sure that person has clothes. That is reparations, Atkins continued. Anything they wanted, and I'm, 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 I'm putting this in big, bold letters in how I'm talking right now. Anything they wanted to take... They can take it because these businesses have insurance. There you got it. You can go in, you can clear them out. And what are the first places they clear out? Walgreens and, and stores and things like that so they can get the drugs and they can get the alcohol and whatnot and take it yep. out. And then they go after all these big-name stores, and uh, they can walk around, I don't know, on the southwest side, uh, somebody who's in poverty, I guess, and they have some reparations. They got a, they got a Gucci purse. That just made you a criminal. It didn't make you free. It didn't do anything for you. It made you a criminal. That's what it says about you. You're a criminal. But these people say it's not criminality that's doing this. It's cr- this is insane. It is gaslighting. It's exactly what you said, Elizabeth. But at least NBC in Chicago let their own words, as I always said, if you let them get on the air and let them talk, they hang themselves and that this woman, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, she she stands herself up in front of the firing squad as a criminal by saying it's all right to be a criminal. We're not going to call you a criminal, but you are a criminal because by every definition of what a criminal is, you are. It's the way it works. 
And then when you dare call them by the names that we know, they turn around and tell you that the word criminal doesn't mean that. And, you know, they just turn around and use everything. Oh, yeah, they change the semantics. There's no doubt with that. They'll change the words. They'll change the conversation. I just wanted to understand how having a Gucci or Macy's item or a Nike item that you stole makes you whole. That's your reparations? What? Yeah, I get you. That's just perverted all the way around. (laughs) Of course it is. perverted all the way around. Of course it is. It's pure violence and pure thuggery, and I'm going to use that word. A thug means a hoodlum. When you look up the word thug, you get hoodlum. When you look up hoodlum, you get violent criminal. Okay? They're violent and they're criminal. They're breaking the law. They're thugs. I don't know why people are sitting still for this. I don't know why we are not. I don't know why the Republicans aren't screaming at the top of their lungs. If these are the Democrats, there has not been, to my knowledge, a single Democrat leader anywhere, anywhere in Congress, mayors, uh, you know, governors. No one on the Democrat side has stood up and said, this is lawlessness. It is not helping us. We need to stop. Yesterday, the mayor of, of Chicago was one of the first. Who stood up and said this really? wasn't this wasn't First Amendment protesting. This You're was not talking lawless. about Lightfoot. Lightfoot said it was lawlessness and and whatnot, and uh, a direct attack on the the police in Chicago. And uh, she came out and condemned it in the in what I would consider uh, some of the uh, most harshest terms I've heard yet. And I think Lightfoot. they. I think they understand they have to now because the American people are fed up. They're seeing what this is doing. They're hearing what these people are saying. If if As they I think did. they, I'm just saying if they think they can go downtown Chicago into the Loop, which for most people is a safe place to shop, and you can buy what you want, and then you go down on Randolph and get your car or whatever, and go home out in the suburbs where you probably live. Uh, you know, now, you know, if they feel that they can do that there, then they these Black Lives Matter groups think they can go anywhere. And that they means said they were going to take it to the residential neighborhoods. Go. Well, they're and saying they want, that they're anti-capitalist, you know, so they're going to go into all these, like you say, shopping areas. <laughs> I'm looking for the picture we saw earlier. Uh, overnight, they hit a shopping center and looted the Best Buy and the entire parking lot is just totally littered with trash. Yeah. And, and why? And why? Listen, because hey, it was Heidi, you got to hear. Every- you got to hear this. Listen to this. Why? Why was there boxes and everything out there in the parking? Oh, the lot? whole the whole parking lot is totally littered with trash because it was easier to get more stuff in the car if you took it all out of the packaging. So they oh yanked my stuff God. out of the parking lot through the packaging and jammed it into their cars to steal it. I mean, it's just completely out of control. I keep wondering what's happening with the people who live in these neighborhoods, who live in these cities. They can't all be okay with this. Where are no, they? They're what's hunkering. To them? They're hunkering they're down. They're barricaded inside. They're terrified to go out on the streets. I, I do believe that. When it, when, when, uh, uh, basically civilization disappears, the best way to protect yourself from the uncivilization is the little civilization that you keep going in your house, all right, now, with your family. The one place you can control, at least for the time being. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this if this isn't 
making people say what we need is law and order in this country. There's something wrong with with people in this country. It's it's that uh, really it's that simple. You've got to understand that we got to have uh, law and order. And this it never went this far uh, in the 60s, uh, except in some of the black districts. Uh, like in Detroit, uh, southwest Chicago, Watts. In the all-black neighborhoods, yeah. You know, they they went they, they lost their minds and destroyed their own neighborhoods. Well, now they've decided to come out and destroy uh, everybody's neighborhood, and uh, we better be willing to put an, an end to this. I mean, seriously, we got to put an end to this, and you it, it, it's got to you got to put put an end to it by not being afraid to be called a racist because you're going to be called a racist if you start, uh, you know, going out and arresting these people. They're going to say you're targeting black people. No, I'm not. I'm targeting criminals. That's who I'm targeting at this time. This is this is the scary part of how this all fits together. You know, self-censorship, I'm afraid they're going to call me a racist. Well, why is that going to happen? That's going to happen because the media echoes the left talking points, and everything takes over, and all of a sudden the whole narrative is about you being a racist, which makes you not want to speak about it, which makes you sit back and not say anything, which makes more of it start to happen. All right. Um, Hold hold your thought. I want you to hold your thought because that's the free expression chilling effect that this kind That's of right. stuff has. And we'll That's talk right. about it. we got to get a break in. we got to get to the news. Stay with us. We're going to talk more about this here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Elizabeth Sotolaro is my guest. She's with me until the end of this hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, they just told me, talk another minute. So I'm going to talk another minute. <laughs> That's good. I, I I had more to say. Uh, let, let's talk about that stifling of freedom of expression. It's self-censorship because people are afraid to say what they think and what they mean because of how people may act towards them. You know what I'm talking about, Elizabeth. We've been seeing this happen more and more. It's It's the very first step to serious tyranny. I'm, you know, we. It's why free speech is our First Amendment here in our country. Everything comes from free speech. Being able to freely express your concerns and not, you know, the left says that words is words are equivalent to action. That just because you have an opinion, you are aggressing on them. You know, it started with the aggressions, microaggressions. You've used words I don't like, and now within just a few years, stunningly quickly. It has gone to the words you use are weapons. And because you use those words, you have attacked me. Because that has happened, I have the right to obliterate you. All right. Now, keep that thought. And we are going to take a break. And we'll be back with more after the news here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. We got a segment for you here to take us to about a quarter till. Um, and I want to talk about this whole Chicago incident, because some uh, truth is starting to come out. The Chicago mayor, and that's Mayor Lightfoot, 
pushed back against questions about rioters being encouraged by lack of consequences. Now, they they arrested 100 people uh, downtown in the Loop in uh, Chicago. She pushed back after a reporter questioned whether rioters and looters who caused more than $60 million in property damage overnight have been emboldened by the lack of consequences during summer rioting in the city after the police custody death of George Floyd. And the reporter directed his question to Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown during an afternoon press conference. Quote, it almost sounds as though you were saying the reason we have this is the courts and the prosecutors were not doing their job, that they were going too easy on the looters from the last time around, the reporter asked. And uh, don't take it from me. That's just about what's been done. There were no consequences for the people arrested, Brown replied. Now, that's the police superintendent. Lightfoot then stepped up to the podium and accused the reporter of trying to pit city officials against the police department. Quote, do not bait us. They're not baiting you. They're just they're 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 dealing with the truth here, mayor, and you know it. People are concerned about their safety. Officers are concerned about their safety. So don't bait us. What we're saying is as a result of what happened last night in the loop, there have to be consequences. We got teams of people that are aggressively out there identifying the people responsible, looking at the plates and working on bringing them to justice. And she added, when we do, when we do make those arrests, our expectation is that they're going to be treated with the level of seriousness that they should be. Don't try to bait us, mischaracterize, pit one against the other. We're not playing that. We're in a, ser- a serious situation here. We need a serious response. The reporter insisted he's not trying to bait the mayor before Brown cut him off to ask whether he had another question. That question <laughs> is the important question that was being asked. Baiting them. We're baiting them. I'm not bait. I could have told you all along. If you tell them you can do this, that it'll only get worse. I could have told them that in Portland. I could have told them that in Seattle. I could have told them that in New York City. I could tell them that in Detroit. And I can tell them that in Chicago. It's not a secret. We know Any that bully it happens. from the schoolyard. We all know this from school. Any bully in the schoolyard. You know, the more you cower and run and hide, the worse they get. And the people that stand up to the bully, it goes away. That's the only way you can handle a bully is to stand up to them. Again, it's gaslighting all the way around, all the way around. You know, there's even folks, you know, what, there was a poll a couple of days ago, and the black and Latino communities have said, no, no, we want police presence. We want law and order. We want to be able to walk on the streets and go to you know, shop and take our kids, well, take our kids to school, whatever, go about our lives without interference fear. with all this without criminality. Fear. I remember exactly. when we used to do stories all the time, Elizabeth, when the drugs were being sold on every street corner yeah. in America. And parents yeah. started crying out and say, this has got to stop. I'm tired of my child walking down the street and drive-by shootings are going on every day. 
that people stop them on the corners and, and offer them crack and they offer them cocaine and they offer them this and they offer them that. And we got serious about stopping it. And uh, the people wanted it stopped. And they want this stopped, too. Let, let, let's go back in the earlier part in the press conference when the police superintendent Brown suggested that the lenient treatment of people who were arrested during the summer unrest over the death of George Floyd, these were the people that were out breaking windows and things of that nature, played in a role in what happened in Chicago in the loop. Here's what he said. Not many of those cases were prosecuted to the full extent. These looters, these thieves, these criminals. Now, he's using the right words now, right? These, uh, they're, they're being emboldened by the lack of consequences, emboldened to do more. No surprise there. We know that that's going to happen, and it is happening. And what kind of world do you want to live in? Do you want to live in the world that the Democrats are trying to hand to you where your cities are burning to the ground? Or do you want to live in a country where the president of the United States said we need law and order? When the AG Barr says we need law and order, what do you want? We have a civil society. Do we want a civil society? All right. Or do we want an uncivil situation to live in and raise our children in and try to have a life? I don't consider that to be the pursuit of happiness, you know. No, the police uh, superintendent (laughs) went on. He added that many of the arrests made during May and June were not prosecuted to the fullest extent. His words. Then he went on and said, quote, we have to have consequences for the arrests that Chicago police officers make. So through great threat to their own safety, they're being shot at to make these arrests, Brown said. Cook County State's attorney, Kim Fox, oh, we love her, has disputed any suggestion that her office shied away from prosecuting people who were arrested for ransacking businesses weeks ago. She said none of those cases have been dropped. Quote, that's simply not true. These cases are coming to court now. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's something I'm looking at about uh, now. Kim Fox is the prosecutor there in Chicago. You might remember her name from Jesse Smollett. That's correct. <laughs> okay. She's also was supported that, uh, by Soros. Exa- well, we, yeah, that's a Soros prosecutor. It says yeah. they've analyzed some data here and found that her office has dropped all the charges in about 30% of the felony cases that she's run across in her first three years as the Cook County attorney. And that's compared to 20% roughly for the former prosecutor's last three years in office. So she's done 50% more dropping of felony cases. And uh, it says there were 25,000 defendants who had their charges tossed, in other words, thrown out through December of 2019 and that's not even been the last year how many people has she run across in the last year Every, everything ranging from murder sex crimes drug offenses and attacks on police officers her conviction rate is only 66 percent compared to the last prosecutor it was 75 percent and she is a soros financed prosecutor and if we haven't you haven't heard us talk about soros financed prosecutors just look up George Soros prosecutors in the United States. He's financing 
prosecutors' races in smaller and larger communities and getting these people elected that will not enforce our laws and, in fact, are using the laws against law-abiding people by letting criminals back out on the street and by not prosecuting felonies just like this gal up in Chicago. Yeah, now, overnight in Chicago, uh, robbers, thieves, and malcontents, uh, criminals, open fire on uh, police officers who were trying to make arrests. According to the uh, police superintendent, no officers, thank God, were wounded by gunfire, but a security guard and a civilian were hospitalized in critical condition after being shot, and five guns were recovered, said Brown. No, I would have followed that up if it had been me and saying, were the five guns owners, the people who were firing them, were they arrested as well? Since they didn't mention it, I would say that they were not. Now they're starting to, you know, they're starting to shoot people. And they're not, and, and they're shooting at police, but they're missing the police. Thank God. Uh, and, uh, but they're, they're killing, they killed a, a civilian security guard and they killed just a, a very simple civilian out doing whatever he was doing and uh, trying to stay out of out of harm's way he ended up getting shot and they're both in the hospital in critical condition this is the stuff that has got to stop well this is the guy kind of stuff when black lives matter stand up and start screaming that these black people, I don't worry about black people going out and doing, and I, look, this appear, for me, this applies to black, white, Hispanic, Asian, anybody. If you're anybody. With that disregard for the law, it doesn't matter to me if you have purple That's spots. exactly, that's right. And here's the key. They, they start saying that's okay for one group of people to do it because somehow they've been downtrodden yeah. so long that they can go out and rob, steal, and take things and not be held accountable. You've got a real, real problem generating. I guarantee you that not a single one of these people that's in the street rioting right now, when they look at their parents or they look at their siblings, they do not want their parents or their siblings to have to live in the world that they're trying to create. I promise you that is true. So we just stop and take a breath. All right. We've got, we got time to take a, a, a caller. Let's take a caller. What do you say? Excellent. You talk to a caller? Let's talk to Jackie Martin. Good morning. Hi, Jackie. I know Jackie. Hi, Jackie. How are you? Good morning. Are, are you good. as upset good about morning, this Michael. as I am? Mm-hmm. I am totally upset by what that Black Lives Matter person said. Yeah, well, you know, they're communists. Their their goal is to create an insurrection, which, yeah, it's all coordinated. If you look at from city to city to city, it's all coordinated by what, who? The Democrats. The Democrat Party of the United States has been taken over by Marxist communists. If you go back and study the Bolshevik Revolution, their crisis that created their opportunity was World War One. Our crisis has been this pandemic, and it's, I don't know if y'all remember the Cloward-Piven theory that Glenn Beck used to put on his show. Yes. Where all the systems would cave in, financial, 
um, police, political, every system would be caused to be caved in. That's exactly what we're seeing today. By overwhelming the system. Absolutely, Elizabeth. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. They're overwhelming the system. On every level. Got it. Yes. Yeah. And that's what people need to wake up and realize what's happening. This is nothing new. You know, it's like the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun. This is nothing new. This was done back in 1917. And people need to wake up because their goal is to totally overthrow not just the American form of government, but the American way of life. So y'all just keep it up. I love it. And, um, you know, just keep bringing this to the forefront with people. Now, here in Cleveland County, the uh, Republican Women's Group, we're, we are forming a prayer vigil group. We're meeting with several pastors at noon today. We're hosting a luncheon for them. And we're joining together on September the 26th for a prayer vigil for America. And I think it's nationwide. Stand up for Very America. nice. Great, And great. That's, that's the first thing that people can do. If you uh, are at a loss at what you can do, pray. I'm with you. That's exactly right. All right. We got to get a break in. Thank you, Jackie, yep. for calling. Appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. And we'll talk to you in the future. 823-0965 is the number on the Dave Ellswick Show. If you want to talk a little bit about this, we're willing to listen and hear what you have to say. We've got one segment left that comes up after these. Final segment for today at Dave Ellswick Show. It's been a great show today. Just telling you, first hour, very, very good uh, conversation about uh, education in America. How do education uh, people view your children? You need to listen to that segment. Go back to 101.1 uh, FM, uh, the, the answer, our web our webpage. Pull down the, the podcast and listen to it. A lot of important stuff there. A lot of important stuff in the second half hour uh, with the Bible guys on that. And now we've moved into this final hour, the Dave Ellswick Show, talking about what Black Lives Matter is really trying to do. And let's remember, you've got Major League Baseball players wearing Black Lives Matters T-shirts. You've got NBA professional athletes wearing Black Lives Matter shirts. If you've been watching some of the coverage of Major League Baseball, they have Black Lives Matter emblazoned on the backside of the pitcher's mound. All these people oh, yeah. have thrown their cover, thrown their shade, I guess that's the proper term, terminology now, have thrown shade on Black Lives Matter and don't deal with the reality of what Black Lives Matter is. So we had this uh, riot downtown Chicago, looting and all kinds of stuff the other night uh, in the loop downtown Chicago, the part of the city that they hold up as the beautiful part of Chicago, and that you can go down there and be safe. Not so much anymore. Here's what the Black Lives Matter organizer said. Ariel Atkins is her name. She said this, I don't care if someone decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike store because that makes sure that person eats. That makes sure that person has clothes. 
She went on to say, that is reparations. Anything they wanted to take, they can take it because these businesses have insurance, end (laughs) quote. She's saying this is legal. That it's not illegal. It's not immoral. There's nothing wrong with it. Yes, there is. If you want it, just take it. It's totally immoral. I call this out. I call this the biggest bunch of shinola I've ever seen. This is BS. And when is America going to stand up and start saying this is BS? When are the Democrat Party going to stop standing up and saying? This is BS. When I wish somebody would read that quote to Nancy Pelosi and say, and what do you say to that, Miss Speaker? Some people did something. <laughs> you know, that's I don't understand the Democrats completely ignoring all of this. And we have got to believe that people have got to stand up. Like you say, this is why I preach about being involved all the time. You've got to start doing something about all of this because they sure are. Whether it's right or wrong, they're doing it. You've got to stand up against it, whether you believe in it or not, whether you believe in reparations the way they're saying it, whether they just want to take what they want to take just because they want it. They think they are deserving of it because they said so. Well, somebody asked me a question for the Bible, guys. We didn't get to it today. And it said, Dave... They've said that this Black Lives Matter group is a terrorist group. If that's the case, why aren't they arresting them? (laughs) Well, you know what? That's the exact question that I have. Why aren't we prosecuting these people? They are a danger to our country, period. People who get up and speak this idiocy, and they have every right to say it, but if they're leading it, using it to lead riots and things of that nature, that's where the First Amendment ends. And your culpability begins. And you need to go to jail, period. And let me just let me just say, when you're not involved, when you sit at home, when you don't say something, when you don't call your um, elected officials, when you don't show up, then the impression is that it is OK. All the self-censorship, it is reflected out. It is looks like nobody cares. It looks like it's okay. I guarantee you, you know, as you see, the left is getting the ear of the public one way or the other. The conservative side of the House, again, Republicans and others are being so quiet. I don't know why they're not completely flooding the airwaves and calling everybody in sight and demanding accountability. Well, they've got this on video, and uh, they need to, people need to start sharing this and playing this for everybody to hear. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be other people that are going to say, hey, look, they don't mean it the way that they're saying it, blah, 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 blah. They're gaslighting you. They, do, they know exactly what they're saying. They know exactly what they mean. They know exactly what they're trying to get done. And so do we, and we've got to start speaking up about it instead of letting them get away with talking about it the way they do. Every time someone says, you know, this is reparations, somebody needs to say, no, excuse me, it's not. 
you know, people today had nothing to do with people back then. This is a, you know, you're, you're speaking from a, I'll call it liberal privilege point of view that you can say anything you like, and we're all supposed to believe it and swallow it whole without any critical remarks at all. Well, no, they've gone, we will they, not yeah. be doing that. You know, when you got people that are standing up and saying it doesn't bother me, they hit Nike and they hit this person, they hit that person because they, the the companies and the businesses have insurance, and this is the way people feed themselves and all of that. That is, folks, they're feeding you hokum, they're feeding you BS. They're they're giving you a pig and a poke. I don't know how many other different ways I can say it. They are flat out lying to you, and if you're buying into it. You are a useful idiot. That's what Stalin called people like that. Useful idiots. You have a use because you're stupid. Come on. It's time to start speaking the truth in this country again. We're out of time. Saying what you're thinking. Elizabeth, we appreciate you. Thanks so much for joining me today on the show. I'll be back Monday. Don't forget Robert's on tomorrow. Uh, J.R. Davis is on Thursday, Robert's on Friday. I'm taking care of some health problems, but I'll be back to the to the liberal chagrin. I'll be back. I'll be back just like MacArthur was in the Philippines here on the Dave Ellswick Show. <laughs>